Well, hello, Chandler, and welcome back to our Ace of Hearts radio show, our second edition. Actually, um, I, I just forgot to tell you, I looked, uh, I Google searched Ace of Hearts, and there's so many other things named Ace of Hearts that we may have to come up with a different name. There's already an Ace of Hearts radio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I was thinking, does Ace of Hearts really encompass who we are and what we want to talk about? It does, but it has to be described further. It's just, I'm unsure how to make a catchy name out of celibacy, veganism, and acism. Yeah. A.K.A. asexual. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to... Um, to make a catchy title out of these things, but that's something we'll have to work on. So I guess for for now, I guess um, we can continue talking about what you wanted to talk about. <laughs> yes. So I am actually visiting um, my family, and I will uh, keep them private because I think that's only right. But I'll just give you a general description of, of what's happening. Um, I have told uh, a few family members that I'm an ace, and one member in particular uh, does, well, this person doesn't like the word asexual or ace or even celibate, even (laughs) even though this person waited till this person was married for... Um, you know, relations. So uh, this person, I believe, has kind of changed their mind in a way. I mean, doesn't necessarily think that the person has to have it before marriage, but knows that the way of the world, you know, it's not, it's not like it was before where the woman wasn't respected if she gave in or why buy the cow if you could get the milk free you know things are different now than it was back then um but you know i i feel that this person feels that if you're going to be married then it's like a wonderful thing um so anyway this person asked me <laughs> About a half an hour ago, well, is there anyone that you like over there in California? <laughs> and I'm like, does it really matter? And and this person said, what do you mean? Like, it, it, that's horrible. I feel bad that you said that. I'm like, well, you know, I'm a celibate and, you know, you you don't like really understand or approve or whatever so what does it matter and she's like okay uh well i just gave i just gave a pronoun so much for my privacy i will be i will be careful (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's Um, okay we still don't know very much (laughs) (laughs) um and so this person said um I, I feel that this person should have, like, a code name. What could a good code name be? Make somebody, make a name up. Um, Abigail? <laughs> okay, Abigail. Code Abigail. I like, 
<laughs> I like that name, like Abigail Adams. Okay. So Abigail says, oh, you know, you shouldn't say that. I'm like, well, you know, there are celibates out there. She's like, I'm sure there are. And I said, I said, you can look, I'll show you a chart. This person, Abigail, <laughs> isn't really into the Internet, um, doesn't know how to use a computer, uh, doesn't want to know. Um, so she's like, no, don't show me a chart. Because <laughs> I was all ready to whip out a chart that I actually messaged you, Chandler. Did you get that message in your Facebook? Um, I, I know you sent me something. I didn't look at all the links, though. I was just looking at other stuff. <laughs> okay, well, I sent you two links. And one of them I shared, well, I shared both of them on the uh, Celibate Ace Vegan Facebook group, which I hope everyone will join if you're interested in uh, our lifestyle. Um, and it's a, one of them is a chart and it has little circles all over the globe where aces are. It's amazing. Oh, that's I don't, what I mean by chart because I did look at something like that. It had like a map, a map, not yeah. a chart, a map. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you saw it. So wasn't that an amazing map where everybody like was all spread out the globe? Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, that was cool. Like it it shows like some of their their names or usernames um, and shows on where on the world they are. <laughs> yeah, um, there were a lot of in America. The only state that didn't seem to have any was Montana, but all the other states. I didn't look at Hawaii. Had them. It was very concentrated in the Los Angeles area and New York. Um, and then there were a few places in South America. And then there was a lot in Europe up to the border of Russia. Then it like stopped. Um, and then uh, there were like just a couple in Africa and then a lot in Australia and New Zealand. I don't know if I recall seeing any in Asia. Did you? Well, I didn't look at the map that long. I was just mostly looking towards the center of the U.S. and saw there was a few in Missouri. Okay, good. Hopefully one is close to you, or both. <laughs> um, so, anyway, back to my Abigail story. She said, um, no, I don't want to see it. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, well, there's a lot. She's like, I'm sure. She's like, you know, that's fine. You just don't have to announce it. You know, being like, you don't have to announce that you're celibate. And I said, why not? I said, uh, you know, the gay community, that's what they did. And, you know, look at them now. They're very powerful. And I, and might I add, I said to Gab Abigail, I almost said Gabigail. <laughs> <laughs> that would work. I think I want to change your name. Gabigail. I, I'm changing your name officially. Um, so... I said to Gabigail, you know, I was one of the uh, the forerunners here in being gay friendly. I even made a song about a gay person because just real briefly, I, I don't want to go off topic, but, uh, you know, there, there are gay people that are going to listen to this uh, show and possibly be celibate and vegan and asexual as well. You know? Yeah. Um, I saw a letter years ago. Uh, where I was going to college, 
it was mostly an all women's college where I have my MFA, Sarah Lawrence College. And the letter was very uh, upsetting. It was a young woman, I guess a student there, that was uh, writing like a stream of conscious kind of letter saying, you know, I'm gay and I don't want to live. I want to, you know, I want to kill myself about this. And it was just really upsetting. And I'll never forget that. I can't remember what I did with the letter. I'm wondering if I gave it to a teacher. I, I, I don't remember. I hope so. But anyway, um, yeah, like it's not too long ago that gays were being beaten. They were being killed. They were being spit on. Um, and I always thought, why, why would you do that to someone just because they love the same gender? You know, everyone has a right to love, um, and shouldn't be punished for it, you know, unless it's, of course, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but uh, oh, yeah, like that's, a predator. That's a whole uh, wormhole there. That just yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, in general, I don't feel that you should be beaten up for love, and I also don't feel that you should be told who to love because you know when I mean I guess even now, but not so much now. But there's men and women. They just got married as a front. And, uh, you know, they would be seeing the same gender on the side anyway. Or look at it. What was that, um, that movie that it won an award? The actor who Keith Ledger was in it. Brokeback Mountain. Now, look, he got, he got married, um, to the woman. Was it Keith or the other character, I can't remember. Yeah, I haven't but, seen it. <laughs> okay, well, he was married for like 20 years, and what happened is he was gay, and he left the woman at the end. Like, all that investment, all that time, it's just, it's just wrong, you know, to do that to the other person because you're trying to make the facade of being um hetero but that's what a lot of men did i think more men did it than women actually but both so anyway back to my story um i said yeah i was i was gay friendly i even made a song about it and if gays didn't talk about it then they wouldn't be as powerful as they are today and they're very powerful i mean even now the republican nominee for good or bad, <laughs> Trump, Trump, um, he, uh, <laughs> he was in his acceptance speech talking about, I think it was the acceptance speech, it, it, one of his speeches that he's been giving, talking about how he, he, Orlando, what happened to Orlando with the, you know, the gays being killed in the club. And um, he was saying that no one should come to America that, you know, has hatred for us, basically. And, you know, and he was including gays. And he's on the Republican side. 
you know, Republicans, even to this day, a lot of them are not pro-gay. They want to turn things around, a lot of them. In general, that's how the party feels. So, you know, if if gay people, and, and Obama, he wasn't for gay marriage back when he first was initiated in. I don't know about Hillary, but now they're like completely fine with it. In the Democratic Party, you know, they're very pro-gay. But still, it had to be where the gay people, they were speaking out. They were speaking out. They had parades and stuff. And now it's really strong. And so we need to do the same thing because we it's unfair for us to be discriminated against. And, yeah, we... We technically are part of, well, I wasn't telling this to Gabigail. Now I'm just telling this to you and our our listeners. We're technically part of the LGBTQA, but a lot of times people don't say the A. In fact, I was stunned. I was at a memorial for that, um, for the the Orlando uh, back in June. And... um, the person who was addressing everyone at the the vigil actually said the A. And I turned to my friend and said, that means asexual, because <laughs> she didn't know. <laughs> and I was like wondering, I wonder if a lot of people in here don't know. Yeah, well, you know, um, I, I just a word about that is, you know, I think letters are going to keep getting added to that acronym. Like, there's just more and more words that keep getting added to that <laughs> And Trump was using the all the acronyms except the A. He even put the Q in there. LGBTQ. He, whatever the order is, but he said them, but he didn't say A. So, I mean, I don't really feel that... I mean, I feel that we're kind of a part of them because we're in the minority, although they've become like a majority minority but at the same time we don't belong in the category as as you and i were discussing in our last show because you know we are the celibates of the asexuals <laughs> and even the asexuals themselves a lot of them unless they're doing it to please their partner usually they aren't um having relations so you know I don't know. It, it's it's what what do you think? I mean, it's it's kind of we should be in that whole string of letters, and at the same time, we're diff we're unique. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I have some thoughts about that. So I'm glad you asked. Um, see, here's the deal. I feel like what we are anyway, and I and I'm sure that what we are is a little bit more complex than than just your average everyday asexual because we're not just asexual, but we're actually celibate too. Um, so it, it gets a little bit complicated, but I mean, first of all, I would question whether or not, um, asexual is in the same category as the other things, um, because it's more of a lack of a sexual orientation than, than a sexual orientation. Similarly, for example, I dislike atheism being referred to as religion because it's sort of the lack thereof. You know, that's just an example. That's that's like putting um, putting plants along 
aside a list of meats because plants are a whole different thing. They're not a meat. And I feel like asexuals are that different from the sexual people. Mm-hmm. That's that right. Sense. And similarly, yeah. I, I, you know, like the trans thing, the transgender thing, I, I often question whether that, I mean, like with how well that even fits into it. And even the very concept of gender itself is weird to me. Like it's no longer as clear cut as it used to be years ago when, you know, I was raised in Christianity, everyone was either male or female. Now I'm just not so sure anymore what anybody is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I will confess, I kind of miss in some ways the clear cut, like, you're male, I'm female. And, you know, this is nice. Like, you know, you have your chivalry <laughs> and we have you know our little thing not saying like not to have equality never that but I mean there were some things that were nice about it you know but now with everything blended it's it's just really difficult so but at the same time I don't want people to be unhappy with uh with who they are I mean Look, I feel that I I feel if you were born a certain gender, especially in today's day and age in this country in particular, I think it's great to accept your gender. You know, but if you really 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 feel that you need to be the other gender, be it biological or psychological, I guess, then I wouldn't want somebody to suffer. Um, I I did want to say one. Oh yeah. I I I kind of think, and and some people I know will disagree with me, but this is just my opinion. I feel that some people who are gay or lesbian or trans, um, more so back in the day than now, was because they identified with the uh, social stereotypes of the male or the female. For instance, and I believe I could say this with some clarity, what's the word precision maybe because I'm in the business, but in entertainment, you know, acting, let's face it. A lot of women, they would gravitate to it to be starlets. You know, they're more emotional than men. So the men who were more emotional and like artistic, you know, they didn't fit in with the regular gender stereotype of a macho man. And so I think a lot of them gravitated towards the arts and, you know, you have a lot of like gay men. Um, let's say that it was like all equally spread. I, I don't know. Like, would you have as many gay men? Like, because they didn't really have to do that. You know, they could just be who they are. They don't have to be the social 
social stereotype. Also for women, in some cases, I feel that perhaps she wanted to feel like she was more in control, you know, more dominant because women were the weaker, like in jobs and whatnot. And so you'll have like, you know, a buff woman, and she'll be doing a strong job. And so who's she identifying herself with? A man. (laughs) And so she's going more for like, you know, a female partner, like, you know, who's not like her, you know, kind of opposite. So I, I feel that it's a, it could be a combination of environment, social, psychological, and, uh, of course, um, genetic. I think all of those can encompass why someone is, holds like a certain sexuality. I really do. Even, even abuse. I mean, I think that some women who have been made to feel like they're just a piece of meat, um, who have probably been assaulted or whatnot, they're going for someone who's more gentler, who isn't going to, you know, push them to have sex. And I think that in some cases that a woman um, seems less threatening. And so, you know, there you go. So I don't, what, what, do you, what do you think about it? And, you know. Yeah, well, you know, um, I think you're on to something, Monique, and here's why. Um, because, first of all, there's a whole complex set of training and culture that goes into somebody's gender identity. Because, like, you know, people, they separate sex and gender. Now, they used to mean the same thing. I think they used to mean, like, the exact same thing. Sex and gender were interchangeable. But now they have sex um, is used to represent what what your body is, basically, what genitals you have. Whereas gender is more of a psychological thing, like where you fit in with a certain stereotype based on your culture and so what I'm saying is that our environment has such a powerful influence on our view of what it means to be a certain gender or not, which in turn is going to affect people's sexual orientation just because they have this idea built up of what it is to be a man or a woman. And and here's from personal experience. See, a few years back... Um, Around when I was like 21, 22, I kind of had this phase where I used to tell people I wanted to be a woman. And okay. and it sounds funny. I mean, only a few people, you know, my mom um, and some other people who knew me would even remember this because this, this is weird. But basically, here's how it was, is that I got the idea that, well, being a man is about being mean and tough and and just 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 cruel and violent and where did i get that idea well because well a lot of men are violent and not just in real life but also in the movies even the cartoons you know there was this idea that um that men are all about violence and hurting things whereas women are kind and nurturing you know what i'm saying there's just that absolutely there's that yeah you get it you can see it 
anyone who's lived for a, a, an amount of time can see the difference there. And I felt like, well, how women are portrayed in, in books and movies and even the way in society they're expected to act is more the kind of person I want to be. So here's the deal. While it's true that I identify more with that, I later came to question, well, who says that that behavior is necessarily male or female? You know, maybe that's just a dumb cultural thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you're 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 so right. Now I'm I I don't wanna get like all um stereotypical like gen, uh generic here by saying this but i think that there is a little truth to this with the male testosterone hormone i do think that that does add to the toughness beyond what you just said with social norms yeah so uh, there there is that in there because i because women that have more testosterone they I believe tend to be more aggressive. Um, but you're right. I think a lot of it just has to do with the societal norms and also how you were raised because I've seen men like in certain cultures, they are much more babied and kissed, nurtured, you know, like mm, maybe like in, in Jew, like a lot of Jewish men, like their Jewish mothers, it's like really like coddling them. And they seem to be more sensitive, a lot of them. Uh, also, uh, like Italian men, although I'm not talking about the mob ones per se. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I, I, they just, you know, like straight from Italy, they're just, ah, da, da, da. like, and I think European men in general maybe just because their mothers were with them, nurturing them um, longer than American women. Because American women seem to get their independence and whatnot, um, individuality quicker than over in Europe. That's what, that's what I see. So um, I, I think that has something to do with it, too. But hey, but that could also take a turn because there's also men that have been nurtured, coddled and whatnot. And then the dad gets a hold of them and then like they completely have to like make that switch, you know, from being like all sensitive and stuff to like now I'm a man. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it, it is sort of a weird thing because. Yeah, it, it, I think it depends a lot on which parent you're raised by, too. That's true. And, you know, in, interestingly enough, I've seen with men who have been raised by women, they seem to understand women better and they're like plight more. They're more sensitive to their plight, even though, you know, I feel it's good to have two parents together raising a child because the child has like support on both ends and you know feels loved on both ends I mean you can feel loved anyway even if there's a divorce but you know you're going back and forth and whatnot I, that 
that plays a little toll. I mean, hopefully the, the two families are getting along and whatnot, but, um, I, I mean, I, I have to say that I've met a lot of guys in the single mother situation and, you know, it's depending on the mother too, like the quality of her, but a lot of them seem to be a lot more sensitive. I mean, you can see it with guys who have more brothers or just one brother and no sister. You can see it with them too a lot of times, not all the time. Yeah, absolutely, you know, and I feel that it explains a lot that I've lived with just my mother for most of my life. You know, I think that I think that has a lot to do with it because like okay, you got to consider any two kids who have had that vast of a difference. Like let's say you have three kids. One has had only a mom, another has had only a dad, and then there's another that has had both parents. Well, those three kids aren't going to understand either of the other two. They're just not mm -hmm. because it's a very different environment that they all live in. So they can't imagine what it's like to be you know, the person with both parents can't imagine what it's like to be with only one, and the, those with only one can't imagine what it's like to have both. Like, what do you do with two parents? It's interesting because my father passed away many years ago, and um, it's been my mother, just my mother, um, for 18 years now. So I feel like I've kind of gone through a gamut of lives. <laughs> now, I mean, I, I'm older, obviously, and I'm, you know, doing my own thing and whatnot, but still, like, if I had a male influence in my life, even if I wasn't living in the same household, there, there's a difference on, on you. Because now I'm more, like, focused on my mother than mother-father. So, yeah, you're right. And I think that the, it, it, it could make it difficult for, it could also make it difficult, as you were saying, for them to, like, if someone was raised with two parents and one was raised with one parent, it could be difficult for them if they're, like, want to get into a relationship um, because they had two completely different upbringings, you know, unless, you know, a common core uh, takes over. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's interesting because, yeah, like, I mean, this all fits into the whole thing because the very concept of, re of how we relate to our parents um, and siblings and other people of both genders comes to determine how we will view what it means to be a certain gender or not. And so I think what happens and this you know this is just a this is just a guess, but a pretty educated guess at that. Like if you're like let's say that um, your ex your experiences with um, women are generally good and your experiences with men are generally bad, well then guess what? you will be, say, socially attracted, not necessarily se sexually attracted, but socially attracted to women just because they've been nicer to you than the men have in your life. Yes, yes. And, the, and sometimes people misconstrue that because mm -hmm. 
when, when I think about myself, I think, well, yeah, I like women. I like talking to women. I, I, my mom's a woman, I, and that's just it, is that you would find that most of the people I, I got along with were women, um, but that that should not be confused for sexual attraction because it's not. It's just that, hey, they're easier to get along with in most cases, in my experience. Yeah. Well, you're not the only man who's saying that I've, I've heard that from. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I guess going back to uh, Abigail, that the conversation kind of like stopped there. But, well, Abigail said, you know, just don't don't mention it like to the family because I don't know. Abigail doesn't want me to get into to things with like all members of the extended family. So, (laughs) and I said, okay, (laughs) cause well, I don't know. Like, I feel that some of them would probably understand and some wouldn't like one other person I was speaking to today. Um, she has become Catholic again because she wants to actually volunteer for a certain Catholic, um, charity, but she said that she doesn't believe in all the Catholic rules. And she told me some that I didn't even know. She said that, uh, you know, the, the fruit be fruitful and multiply, um, passage, I guess, like, I don't know, biblically, if she, if biblically or just people saying it, um, she said it was because I think, oh God, what was it? She said it was in France. I think the population was on the decline or something, something in France. Now I can't remember the story, but the Pope said, okay, well now we're going to have to like have more children. Oh gosh, I'm going to have to read up. I've like, totally botched up this story but i never heard of this story before and yeah there's people in religion that say be fruitful and multiply have a lot of children and oh 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 for the birth control thing because catholics yes 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 now i know she said the catholics were fine with using birth control until this one period in france something happened and then they said oh be fruitful and multiply and like then they took away the the birth control um uh, that you can have birth control. And she said she didn't believe in that because now you're like having seven, eight children, whatnot, and you can't feed all of them. So, I mean, I was born and raised Catholic. And before I thought about the asexuality or knew about the asexuality, like I said, I was waiting until I was married. And then time went on and I just figured well, I don't need to do this, and it's a lot less uh, dangerous to be celibate. You know, it's cleaner. It feels more wholesome. It's To me, it's more spiritual. I'd like to be celibate even if in marriage. And, you know, most people are like, what? <laughs> um, but before all that, I would have to agree with my cousin because... Oh my God, I'm like giving all the family members away. Thank goodness. <laughs> Wait a minute. Give me another name. Give me another name. <laughs> uh, 
Steve. <laughs> Great. Okay. Steve, we'll call her Stevie. So <laughs> I'd agree with Stevie, and Gabigail would probably agree with this too. You know, who? it's unfair if you are being made by society and religion to have relations with your spouse and then you're getting pregnant from that and you can't afford, you know, that this is, this is just not healthy. It's not, it doesn't seem ethical. You know, I mean, I don't think that you should be forced to have relations in a marriage, but let's face it. That's what marriages have been for the longest time. It's like, you know, you're supposed to give yourself to each other in particular. If you're the female, you know, a man has his needs and you're supposed to fulfill that. So it's like if you're supposed to do that, then what? You're going to be a you're going to be creating babies from the time that you get married till the time you go into menopause. You know, if you're living with those regulations under a marriage, <laughs> which shouldn't be, but it's, it's the way it was. And, um, so no, like, I don't think that you shouldn't be able to have birth control with like those stipulations. So I agree with her. Yeah. With it, Stevie. Sounds, it sounds like a case of rape by religion. It's what yes, it, it does. That's a very good, um, uh, well, what do you call it? Um, putting the two together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, basically yeah. association, it's like, association. Yeah, it's Absolutely. Like, yeah. Basically they're saying, Oh, you have to have sex and have children whether you like it or not, because you're supposed to be fruitful and multiply, thus saith the Lord, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. There there's something I just saw on Facebook. Um, it was pretty much saying what you just said. Uh, but they called it POV sex, something like that. PO do you know what I'm talking about? Because I didn't have time to look it up. POV? Uh, I'm not sure I even want to look it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, you, never, you never know what you're getting into. <laughs> this is true. Well, ignorance is bliss, but, you know, I like to know what's going on. So, um, y yeah, but if those rules weren't into place, why even have to have birth control when the best birth control is being celibate? You know, again, I keep coming back to this. And look, as far as pregnancy termination, uh, I, I hate the abortion word, so I say pregnancy termination. Um, there's, there's so much controversy with this. You know, is it when the sperm and the egg unite? Is it, you know, after six weeks is it you know after like you know right before like the baby's about to come out when is life you know that they're so controversial with our society i mean obviously i don't want any creature to have pain we discussed this before that's why i'm vegan and i'm surprised that a lot of vegans are pro-choice when I don't want, you know, anyone to be harmed, you know, and of course they're thinking about the mother, but you know, abortions harm the mother too. I mean, it's like, it's not like just a nice and easy process. It really isn't. There's been women that can't have children afterward when they want to have children, but going back to it, I would have to say that like, why even 
tamper? Like, why have the egg and the sperm like meat? Because technically speaking, that is when life starts. Now, would I say um, you're hurting the creature? You know, because it's not a creature at this point. It has no feelings. No, I mean, that would be the, the time to do it. When, it when it starts developing, like, that's really sad. It just really, really, it's just horrible. I mean, you know, you've seen it in yeah. movies and whatnot. But, um, but yet there's some people that say, you know, no abort, you, know, you can't even do it when the sperm and the egg meet. No, 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 no. Um, and I say, like, if, especially if you were sexually assaulted, I am all for taking that pill that they came out with and just stopping it because that would be so unfair for someone to have to live through the pain for nine months um, from, you know, the the perpetrator. Uh, But there's people that say, oh, no, you know, once life is conceived, that's it. But again, it's like if we just had celibacy, <laughs> we wouldn't have to go through all of this. Well, yes, we, I said that on a different radio show. Of yeah, yours. Well, I said that on your other your uh, free will show. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought this up, Monique, because here's the deal. Like you said, it is a controversial thing. And even though I have my opinion on on the whole abortion thing, I think we can agree that celibacy is actually the only real solution because if the sperm is allowed to meet the egg, then there's going to be some harm done. If if nothing else, just the money that it that it it takes for whatever people do to terminate the pregnancy. And when you think about how easy it is to just not have sex, at least it seems easy. But that's diff. Maybe maybe it's because I'm ace that it 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 sounds easy. But a lot of people just laugh at me, and I'm like, well, we could just solve the whole abortion problem by just never having sex. You know, and people laugh at me, but... Chandler, I'm I'm on board with you. That's why we're having the show together, whatever our show is called. I I know, Monique. It's really important because it's sort of like, okay, now I have this friend um, who he's uh, he's often mentioned that, well that maybe we won't kill animals in the future because we'll have lab-grown meat and grow grow meat that doesn't feel any pain or whatever. And I'm like, why? I'm like, why bother? We can just eat plants. We don't need high-tech artificial meat grown in labs. We can just eat the plants. It's like, it's, it seems so simple to me. Just eat the plants, just don't have sex, and, and, and just do whatever you want as long as you're not hurting anyone. That's a simple life. I can get down with it. Simple Chandler, and I want to say that um, Gabigail said to me, you know, you, you know, it's, it's so complex, so complex, you know. Um, well, it was more about the vegan, the veganism, and I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not complex. It's very simple to me. I said I really don't want to have be, you know, eating secretion out of other animals' breasts. <laughs> it just <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I, you, you can make nut cheese and whatnot. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think this is just so important for people to get because people like to make things complicated. 
yes. you know, like take take for example, um, since er earlier you were talking about Catholicism and all that. Well, you know, religion is complicated. They've got a whole bunch of rules that people have to remember and follow, which they can't because there's too much. It's too complex. They may contradict. And I need to have things simple. I need to have a simple, effective moral code upon which everything I do is based. Once I have that, everything is simple. And I feel like I kind of have that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. This, this sex thing has gotten, like, way complicated. <laughs> it has. Beyond was, complicated. You no, know, and seriously, though, Monique, it was complicated. Okay, back back in the old days, which I consider back when I was a kid, which I consider the old days. <laughs> um, okay. Like, back then things were simple, even though I no longer disagree with that worldview when all when you you just grow up in church and you hear that sex is like this thing that married people do um, and all that, it, but it's always between man and woman. It's like it's simpler. It's like oh, men and women have sex and they make babies. But that was that was kind of all I knew back when I was a teenager. But now it's gotten complicated because you've got the whole GLBTQA whatever else there is, and you've got varieties and mixtures of sexual orientations and gender identities and quite honestly it's too complex I can't understand it all <laughs> yeah yeah and um, I I mean I, really I I like to think still that a union between two people has some sort of a spiritual contract or connection um, and so I just, I don't really, though, see that maybe so much when there's, like, 50 or 60 percent divorce. Like, I don't know. Like, where is the spiritual connection? I'm not sure. And is it going to get more? Like, will there be more divorce? Or will this diversity where, oh, I'm gay and you're trans and we like each other, Let's form a spiritual connection, like, and let's, like, keep together. Is that going to happen? Or is it, like, can they possibly say, mm, I'm not sure if this is working, or I'm not even sure if, like, it was a good idea for me to move over to the different gender, or maybe I like the same gender. I mean, I don't know all this stuff that can happen. And, again, I'm not saying that people should or should not be gay you know i'm not saying that it's a choice for them or whatnot i'm just saying in relationships in the future will they be able to sustain themselves um where you know you have the happy couple 50 years later celebrating their anniversary and everyone's like oh like i, I don't know I, it, there's something to be said for staying with someone because and you have to be mature and know one another. Um, you know, are you going to really be, um, what's the word, uh, loyal? There, I, there's some, because you're saying about simplicity, and there's something to be said for loyalness because it is simple. The mind wants to know that that person's going to be there. Why do you think that people get so sad when, you know, somebody passes away. Sure, it's because they were nice and you lived memories, but it's really like 
the pattern in your brain. Like you want them there. They were always there, right? So I wonder what's going to happen in in the future because now with the, you know, 60% of couples splitting, will this diversity make it stronger or will it make it weaker or will it be the same? That I'm I'm curious about that. Well, that's a really good question, Monique, and it's very interesting because what we're dealing with is like what is the future of relationships? Because I I feel like it's it's definitely a bigger problem. It it's not just about romantic or sexual relationships. It's just about relating to people in everyday situations too. I mean, because anymore, I mean, we live in a world where you can't disagree on anything, otherwise people hate you. You know, it's like if you disagree with them, especially if it comes to religion or politics, which is why people avoid those topics. They don't even want people to know that they disagree with them on something because then they'll turn against them and be their worst enemy. And I feel like a lot of division is caused by that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the way I handle it is, I believe the way I'm handling it now, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible, but ask the questions at the same time. You know, as, as long as I'm not being hurt directly, or I know somebody's not being hurt directly, then it, to me, it's too much energy to say, no, 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 you shouldn't. Like if, that that's how I feel. I, you know, it's what what's what is that word? Uh, carp carp dam. How do you say it? Carp uh, live and let live. Yeah, I that's know. that's yeah. kind of I I feel that I'm like that, but I, I'm a conservative live and let live because I can see, you know, some of the destruction that could happen if you just like do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't believe people should just do whatever they want. But again, in the case of love, attraction, you know, and I'm not talking about predatorial again, but I mean, you should be able to like find that person because it is part of like your life. It's part of, you know, a relationship can either make a person happy or not happy, really. I mean, yeah, like you have it within yourself to be happy and there's plenty of people that remain single and whatnot, but even even they, you know, they have to have like social relationships. Otherwise they're like living in a cave with a wolf, you know, and that could that could be hard on them. I mean and I'm not and, and you know, if if you're a loner and you like being alone, that's fine. Like I like being alone too. But I do believe that you have to get out there, like, at least occasionally, because it's just, like, it's just transference of energy and ideas and whatnot. I mean, could you imagine if you just stayed at home and didn't even get on the phone or whatnot and just, like, lived life with no interaction? Especially if you didn't have a TV or computer. I mean... They have movies about that. <laughs> you know, you probably start talking to yourself. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> I apologize if I'm going off topic, but well, I do feel that it all, it all like <laughs> relates back to 
Well, everything's connected, Monique, yeah. and I have the same problem. It's really hard to stay on one topic because one thought does lead to another. And, yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, it's – I get what you're saying, you know. it. There needs to be – like, here's how I feel. Like, I do feel like I'm kind of a loner, but at the same time, it's like I want my life to positively impact other people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and sometimes I don't feel like I'm making enough of a difference. I don't. I don't really feel like I've I've made any difference. And it's easy to see because you know, hey, you know, I have. It's not like anyone's gone vegan because of me. It's not like I've saved anybody's life that I know of. It's like, it, it's sort of weird. So I get to feeling like I I am not doing anyone any good, and so I should just go live in a cave or something. <laughs> you know, that's how I feel sometimes. But well. I actually um, did influence someone to go vegan, and um, his wife has just become pregnant, I see. And there again, it's just, it seems so, as we were saying on the last show, um, it's like, it's conscious and unconscious at the same time. I mean, everyone should have a right to procreate but at the same time we know like our carbon footprint is there on the ground and we know that there's so many unwanted children out there why not just adopt or whatnot um and you would think that like vegans would be more on the edge of this but you know that's not what happened and again i say blessings to her you know i i, I hope that and on on the flip side on the positive side more, you know, more vegans, because I'm sure that, well, I'm not sure, but hopefully they're going to raise their child vegan. And I've been told that by vegans, like, oh, don't you want to have children at least once where one where, you know, you're making more vegans. Like I've heard that out of vegans mouse. And then I've heard the, the adopt philosophy. (laughs) So what can you do? You have to kind of, you have to decide you have to be strong in your convictions and sometimes that's very lonely and you also have to um you know know when to shut your mouth too because as you said people get very upset about politics and religion yeah (laughs) especially especially if you're saying well you shouldn't be having like a baby like shame on you you know then that that yeah. That makes them feel bad too. I mean, my goodness. Well, yeah, it's kind of a strange thing because it's there's that's just one of many things that I have strongly mixed feelings on. Because it's like, well, well, yeah, you want to be happy and congratulate them, but at the same time, you you can realize all sorts of ways that it might also be a bad thing, you know. <laughs> And, and, and like, here, here's a funny example. Okay, now that you might find this a little bit funny, Monique, but okay. I'm this way where I don't even kill spiders, you know, like I, I, what I do is I get them to walk onto the fly swatter and then I get them out the door and fling them onto the grass basically, you know, cause I don't, I don't want to smash them cause I wouldn't want someone smashing me, you know? Right. And right. So, and so it's kind of a weird thing because on one hand, I feel like I'm doing the right compassionate thing to the spider, but on the other hand, I think, well, what bugs will be tortured and eaten by that spider? So I have like a mixed feeling there. Like doing the right thing sometimes and letting live means that 
those things that are let live will harm others. And so it's, it's a very tricky thing. And I feel like it's, I feel like it's a balance beam sort of thing, because on one hand, like you, you want to respect all life. Um, but then there comes, there's downsides to that. But on the other hand, you don't want to be with just like some mass murder that kills everyone for the so-called greater good or, or, or lesser of two evils. You know what I mean? It's like there's mixed feelings. Like no matter what you do, you feel like, well, did I do the right or wrong thing? And it's like, I don't know anymore. Yes. Yes. Sure. It's interesting that you just said um, this mixed, like, feeling like, okay, the spider is going to kill, but you let the spider live. Yeah. Well, we already said that we shouldn't be like, no, we didn't say we shouldn't be talking about politics or religion. <laughs> we just said that it brought things up. <laughs> no, I'll, I'm just, I'm just going to mention that, uh, like, with Trump and um, uh, Clinton, Hillary and uh, Bernie Sanders, those three. So um, Sanders especially was all for immigration reform and still is and is fine with, you know, like letting everybody like in pretty much and like accepting like all the families and not separating them, not making them go back. And um, he talked about that a lot. And there were a lot of in California, there were a lot of Mexican people there, you know, clapping very loudly because obviously that's very important. Um, it's it's dealing with immigrants. Then you have Clinton and she's OK with like bringing in the Syrian people, um, you know, the refugees. And of course you feel for them. I mean, who would want to be immersed in a war, you know, with nowhere to go? That's a horrible thing. Yeah. But then you have Trump saying, oh, you just can't bring them in because you don't know who you're bringing in. And, you know, one could be a bad apple and then do what's, you know, being done, you know, here and there around the world. And well, he's right, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that? Let's go along with Trump's reasoning. OK, for us just a second. And let's go along with Trump's reasoning on that and think. Well, when people procreate, they don't know who they're bringing in. <laughs> they don't know what they're going to do in their whole lifetime. And so how is it any different letting a person you don't know from another country immigrate into your country or procreating and bringing a new child into this world? Aren't those about on the same equal plane? Aren't they both sort of the same deal? Yeah, like for instance... The um, former Marine who unfortunately killed the police in Baton Rouge, uh, Gabigail told me that she saw on the news that the mother like never saw any inkling of any um, troubledness from her son. So, you know, he was he, he wanted justice and whatnot. He was compliant. She said one time. They didn't get like three cents change at a market. And he went back in to get the three cents because he thought it was only fair. And so, you know, he shot two, three officers. Um, 
Well, I guess maybe in his mind it was fair because of the black men whose lives had been taken recently by police officers where you know, they, you know, shouldn't, their lives probably shouldn't have been take, taken. It, it appears to me they shouldn't have, um, you know, maybe that's fairness in his mind, but obviously that's going to the extreme because the policemen that he took the lives of, like they had nothing to do with, you know, those, those killings. Um, so, you know, here's the classic case. Like that mother didn't know that she was going to bring up, bring a child into the world that was going to kill several officers and, you know, their families, young children, whatnot, depending on them. And, you know, and then her son's life was taken too. So, yeah. So you're right. Yeah. That's just it. Yeah. You really don't know. And I feel like that's kind of like gambling. It's, it's, it's sort of like, like, you know how people, they'll butt, bet money on sports games, like on a baseball or football game. There'll be crazy, nerdy sports guys who are betting each other money over which of their favorite team is going to win. And I feel like bringing children into the world is kind of like that. It's like just this gamble. You don't know what's going to happen. You have no way of influencing it either once it's happened. And so... Not procreating is the only safe option. It's the only way to guarantee that you're not actually causing harm. Like, right. like for example, if you adopt a child that's already here but doesn't have parents, and you adopt them and you, you raise them the best you can, well, and say that, you know, they let's say it doesn't go well, at least you know you probably didn't make it worse. You know, it's like, it's just that it, whereas when somebody's actually creating a new child, they're actually adding a new person who will do who knows what. Whereas mm -hmm. when you adopt someone, you're just taking a person already here and trying to improve their life and hope that that gives them a better future, helps them treat other people nice. Right, right. But I would have to say that most people who turn out nice, um, they're like really treated well as a child and you know they're given morals and values most not all so you you said that there's you don't really have like the influence i don't think you meant that though you right i kind well, of well it's kind of interesting like monique here's the way i would put it is people think that parents are the major influence in their child's life Mm -hmm. And I, I see why people think that, but I have a different take. The way I view it is, you know, there's there's their friends, there's there's kids at school, there's their teachers, there's their religious leaders, there's all the people they meet during their whole lifetime. And you'll find that over time, maybe in the first few years of their life, yeah, their parents yeah. are a very big thing. But once they go off to school and, and especially go off to college and stuff, like – the parents are just like this tiny minority in a world full of billions of people that are influencing people. And so I feel like parents actually have much, much less influence, whether for good or bad, than they think they do. If you know what I'm saying. I do know what you're saying. Actually, uh, a college professor of mine 
Should we give her a name too? You're doing very well on the names. Why don't you? Yeah, let let, let me think. Um, yeah. Okay. Do we need a male or a female name here? Ah, uh, female. Okay. Hmm. Let's go with Chelsea. <laughs> okay. So Dr. Chelsea told my honor sociology class that if everyone continued to have two children, it the grow the population um, rate would you know keep going exponentially up. So I I took that quite to heart. I mean that was one of my determining factors of deciding I wasn't going to have biological children. That and the fact that I know I, I said in the, la the last um, radio show why I don't want to get into all that. I want to try to stay back on my topic. But um, I told that to a former boyfriend who was from Bosnia. He had come over here to work for a summer and I told him this and he didn't he didn't do this right away but well first he said that he never heard of a woman not wanting children <laughs> he never heard of that I believe him he never heard of that yep, but after please. a while <laughs> when we were he thought I was going to change my mind and an aunt told him that she'll probably change her mind but after and I didn't and one day he got very upset and just started he cried out and said I wish I could kill that professor because I told him what the professor had said and he shouted that out and wow I was like whoa it's like here I go for higher education I'm trying to make like a good impact on the earth, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I'm getting, I'm getting blamed for this. I'm getting blamed for taking my education to heart. So, but th going back to you, you're right. Different people can have an influence on your life for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I do I think though, it's good to have like that basis when you're like little though. I really do. I do see that though. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the thing is that, yeah, parents, they, you know, they can do the best they can with their kids. But in the end, it's sort of like it's not as if whatever your parents taught you or didn't teach you when you were a child is what you become. I mean, just look how many people are pretty much the exact opposite of their parents today. You know, when they're adults and they're and they have a whole different worldview than their parents, and that shows you right there that well, we are not our parents. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Which I think is good, because otherwise we would all be the same, because we'd all be exactly like their our parents, and they'd all be like their parents, and yeah, the, somehow we'd end up all end up being exactly the same. It might actually be boring. I don't know. <laughs> Well, interestingly enough, uh, with the veganism category of our show, um, there are a lot of people, families that feel that a certain ailment is just genetic because um, it runs in the family. 
But there's been vegan doctors that are pointing out now, well, no, it's just because you're all eating the same foods. You're all living the same lifestyles. And that's why you're getting these ailments. Well, yeah, you know, I thought of the same thing, Monique, because think about it. It's not just your genes that you inherit from your parents, um, but you also inherit things not only from your your parents but your other relatives and even your friends what they eat you tend to eat the movies uh, that they watch you tend to watch with them and so in a way there's an inheritance that spreads not just genetically but environmentally which is what i think yeah i agree a lot of the reason that a certain diseases may run in a family may just because of the, of a similar diet you know, and, and I've read a lot of stories, you know, about like, you know, people who went vegan and, and a lot of their their health problems went away that were actually caused by all the meat they were eating. Absolutely. So, again, it's like simple. It's a simple solution to your health, not eating meat. So it's not complex to me. Uh, gosh, we have been talking for quite a while. Um yeah. Oh, we're like, we're an hour and nine minutes into this. I think we have to wrap the show up. Yeah, but... I guess we have. I guess you've just been having too much fun, Monique. <laughs> the only thing is I I found a letter near my car on the street, and I wanted to read it to you because I wanted to discuss it. What can we do? Can we have, like, two shows this month maybe? Can we, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to wait till the next month to discuss this letter that I found on the street near where I live. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do because that might take some time, wouldn't it? Well, maybe we can have a special edition mini show. How about you do that? A a special edition mini show? (laughs) Yeah. Huh. And if people want to listen to it, then... You know, we're we're gonna wrap our our show up now, but they can like click on this. Um, I don't know. It might take twenty minutes. Could it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe. So we could in this recording, and then we could just start another one. You we could discuss the letter. You could read the letter. And... Yes. Okay. Well, I guess our audience heard our plan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, Monique and I have been talking for an hour and 11 minutes, so I guess it's time for us to shut up for this episode. (laughs) Oh, an hour and 11 minutes, 111. That's an angel number. All right, hurry up. End the show. Okay. End on a good number. Yeah, well, thank you for listening and and putting up with us as we strayed off topic into unknown lands. (laughs) Thank you. And please... Please put your comments here and tell us anything that gravitates towards you or if you have an idea for the name of the show. Yeah. No, don't do that because then we won't be able to copyright it. Never mind that. But give us your comments, okay? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Thank you for listening and goodbye.